You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Um, so I have, a, I have a word for you before we even get into the sermon. Um, this hit me on Thursday, and it was just something I knew I needed to share. I don't know who it's for, um, but it was just something I knew I needed to share. It has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about today, so I'll just preface that. Um, but just a reminder that our God is not a God of performance. We need to be reminded of that sometimes. Our God is not a God of performance, and I heard this in a song, and it, it, it was the most profound thing I've I just heard in that moment, it was, it was amazing to me. It was a great reminder for me. But this line is that you are not holding him up, so there is nothing that you can do to let him down. And that blew my mind. We strive so often in our daily lives in the pursuit of God to live for God, and it becomes a task. It becomes a task of this position of I'm a slave and I have to earn his approval, and if I do something that's wrong, if, I, if I'm disobedient, if I say something that I shouldn't say, all of a sudden he's disappointed. He's, I've let God down, the creator of the universe down, and then we wear that. We take ownership of that. But you can't let him down because you're not holding him up. So there's nothing that you can do to change his perspective towards you. When he sees you, he only sees the person that he created from the, that has existed in his heart since the foundation of the world. He sees that person. He doesn't see your mistakes. He doesn't see the things that you will do wrong. He doesn't see the things that you will do right. Hear that too. He doesn't, he, he doesn't see mistakes, but he also doesn't hold against you the things that you're going to do right. There is no pros and cons list of you when God looks at you. There's just his child. You can't do anything to change it. So I just wanted you to receive that this morning. Do you receive it? Amen. Amen. Let's move on then. In Matthew 5, we talked about this last week. Matthew 5, 13, just the profound word that, that jumped out off the page that the Lord was trying to show us something that he's doing in this season. Verse 13, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. We have, we have talked about that scripture, specifically verse 14. It's been something that we had a sign that um, we'll, we'll be back. Eventually, we're just redoing the signs. Um, but... That, that sign was one of the first things when I first moved here and I had lived in Leveland. I'd take Fairview Curve and I'd come this way. And it, that sign was right out there on 303. It says, you are, you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. And it was so profound to me because I remember in our early days here when we would be driving back from Lubbock in the darkness, I could see where sundown was. It was the most pro, it's so unique to, to West Texas. Right? You can, your dog can run away and you can see him doing it for three days. But it's just so profound to me. But the Lord in this, we've read this over and over again. It's been encouragement and we love reading it. But what the Lord 
said in this specific time for this specific season, he brought out the second half of the verse, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. That's an action. And what the Lord showed us and we talked about last week is that God is positioning positioning us to a place where his glory can be seen. He is positioning, he is setting us on the hill. We have to be set there. He is setting us on the hill. And what is he setting us on the hill to do? We are being set on the hill to build. To build a house that we ourselves may never live in. It's been profound to me to think about that, to change my perspective, because I want to see the profound things. But the thing is, is I may be the one that paves the way for people to see the profound things. And that may be us. To build a house we may never live in, to plant trees, the shade of which we may never sit in. But the thing is, someone will. Our children will. Our grandchildren will. They will sit in the shade of these trees and they will dwell in this house, the house that is filled with the glory of the Lord. And so it was just this simple question that the Lord had for us as he laid this out, this revelation out for us. He simply asked, do you receive that? Are you willing to just be the builder? Don't forget John the Baptist was anointed to make a way for the one that would save the world. He's asking us to be John the Baptist, to be the, one, the ones that will pave the way. And that question was for us last week, are you willing to do it? We may never raise the dead, but we can pave the way that our children would. And is that not enough? Man, I may never see the dead rise, but if I know my sons and daughter are walking the earth able to raise the dead because of the way that was paved by this house at this time, I'll take it. I'll take it. How many of us have walked through deliverance? Show of hands. How many of you have done it and walked through it? You didn't do that so that your kids would have to do the same thing, right? We walked through it that they would never have to encounter encounter that. I was led to freedom that they would never know a day without freedom. Right? Romans 8, 37, no, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And we have, been t- we have been tearing down strongholds for a long time that our children and our grandchildren would never have to encounter those strongholds. Right? We've been tearing down things like, like turmoil and, and grief and depression and anxiety. We're tearing these things down that my children would not be able to articulate what those things are. Are you good with that? Are you good with being those that will be led, that will know what it is to be depressed, that will know and be able to articulate anxiety, but will also defeat it, rise above it, be more than a conqueror that your children would not be able to have any experiences tied to that word? When somebody talks about anxiety, they would only know it as a foreign thing. They wouldn't have any experience within themselves. Are you good with that? That's what the Lord is asking us to do. He's asking us to build a house that we may never live in. That is the assignment of this house. It is for this season. But what prevents us from doing this? What prevents us from building a city in His image and after His heart? What prevents us in what I've encountered in this time? Now, sundown is going through a lot of change. It's going through a lot of change. And it seems like it's going through a lot of change really, really, really fast. Now, this, is probably, this has been years in the making, but we could really pinpoint it to 2020 when things really started to shift, right? That school, when I got here, 
I mean, that's, that school set on a throne far above everything else. 2020 hit, and that school became human real quick. People realized, oh, yeah, Sundown ISD is not a perfect place. And that needed to happen, right? I, I, I couldn't believe some of the conversations I would have with people about Sundown. They're like, yeah, we have that in Houston. Oh, not like Sundown. Nope, nope, you don't have it here like this. Uh-uh, nope, nope. Our textbooks are made of gold. Um, I mean, it, everything's better. Now, Sundown's an amazing place, but Sundown is an imperfect place. And we've seen that, and we've been learning that, and now we're in this interesting season where we've got a lot of people leaving. Uh, Not just people leaving, but people that have been foundational in the community for many, 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 many years are leaving. And that causes a lot of shaking. I don't know if you remember this, but the Lord said He was going to shake in 2020, and He hasn't stopped doing that. That we would no longer live in gray areas, but we would see what is black and we would see what is white. We would see clearly uh, everything for what it is. And so, again, what prevents us from building a city in in His image after His heart, looking at what was, will always prevent us from building what is to be. And that is an issue here in Sundown, Texas. We have so many... (laughs) There are several that do not like the Kindness Project because we tore down buildings that used to be something. They weren't anything when we got to them. We didn't tear down anything nice. We tore down things that were going to fall on somebody eventually. And really, we just (laughs) encouraged, and they did the falling. But people were upset. Well, I thought, we could have restored that. That was unnecessary to tear down. Like, there were birds like three generations of birds that have lived in there. Like, you're not restoring that. We had one building that we removed a, bees, a beehive that was the entire wall. That, they were like, oh, this has been here 10, 12 years. Like, no, we're not doing that. But they were still upset because they see what it used to be. And there's nothing wrong with looking back. I, I, I did a... Uh, a video several years ago, I interviewed some of you in here about what sundown used to be, what it used to look like, the atmosphere that it used to have. But the issue that we have now is that so many of us in our community want us to go back to what was. That day has come and that day is gone. It was meant for that time. It's not meant to be repeated. There is not a day that you will live on this earth that will ever exist again. This moment that we are in right now will never repeat itself. Why would we want it to look the same as it did last Sunday? And the Sunday before that? And the Sunday before? It's an impossible task that we're not meant to encounter, that we're not meant to experience. If I'm driving a car, I learned this in driver's ed, the hard way. Uh, But if I'm driving a car and if I'm looking in one direction, where is that car going to end up? Over there. It's always going to end up over there. So we can't be looking back because that's where we're going to start steering this community and the thing that the Lord has back to something that the Lord has no design, has no intention of returning to. If I'm remodeling a house, tearing down walls and just putting them back, What good am I doing? That is not a remodel. 
I'm just repeating. And I'm working hard. I'm changing, uh, I'm changing some things out. But what good am I doing? I'm working hard. I'm toiling. But I'm fighting for repetition. And that's really been the issue that the Lord would have us address this morning is that we would stop fighting for repetition. Isaiah 43. It'll be on the screen. Don't worry about going there. Just listen. Verse 16. Yes. Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down. They cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not receive it? Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Just stop for a second. Turn and look to the future. See, he is doing a new thing that is springing forth currently before us. He's doing a brand new thing that is springing forth before us as we speak. We know we've been in Exodus 14. How many of you recognize what Isaiah was talking about in this passage? He was talking about Exodus 14. He was speaking about what he did to the Egyptian army. In Exodus 14, verse 10, When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. And they feared greatly, and the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, It is because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness. What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only be silent. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. If we stay focused on the past, our perspective will always be wrong. Do you not see? Their perspective was wrong. They thought because they're looking at this army charging them that the Lord had simply led them into the wilderness to die. That was their perspective. And that seems to be the perspective that people shift into as we hear of more people leaving. We have, hear of uh, future difficulties, things, and really not difficulties, just things are going to look different than they have in sundown. And we think, Lord, why have you led us all this way to die? Not recognizing that the command of the Lord was move forward. Turn around and move forward. Had they not turned around, what would they have missed? The new thing he was doing that was springing forth before them. He was leading them to a shoreline that all Moses had to do was stretch out his staff and the waters would part. A path would be laid in the sea where there was no path. Move forward. Facing their past, they could not see the new thing that God was doing. And had they... Had, even, if, even in our turning around and, and facing our future, the Lord is doing something that we cannot perceive. They could not, there is not a one of them. We had to talk about this. We had to point this out. Do you think that they just started casually walking through the sea that was parted? 
Somebody, there would have to be a crowd behind me pushing me into it. Because water's not supposed to just make a wall that you could walk on dry land where there was previously not dry land. So there's not a one of those Israelites that could have perceived what God was doing. The only command that he gave them, because that was the only thing that they could fully understand, was move forward. And that is what the Lord has said to us. But so many of us are not willing to move forward because we can't understand, we can't wrap our minds around what God is going to do next. You're not supposed to. He said, move forward. Start there. Very simple. We've got a little girl in our family. Her name's Gracie. She's awesome. She can teach you how to do this. She's moving forward well. She's not running, but that's not the progression. She started crawling and now she's walking. She's not good at backing up. She's great at moving forward. It's just kind of catching herself before she falls. That needs to be us. We need to just force ourselves to lean forward just enough to where that foot begins to move. So you don't fall flat on your face. Don't worry about anything else. You're not meant to worry about anything else. You're not meant to worry about how everything is changing and how uh, we can't really understand what God is going to do next, but we're not meant to fathom all that God is doing. But if we are willing to let go of the past, turn and move forward, there is clarity, perspective, and understanding for the people of God. We need to recognize that as well. But we're upset because we can't understand fully how God is going to do it, but you can never understand. You will always have the wrong perspective if you're facing the wrong direction. You cannot get frustrated at God because you don't understand how He's going to do all the things that He has spoken over sundown if you're looking at a sundown that no longer exists. You will only see something dying. Because that is all the past is, that which is fading. The further into the future, the, further, the more your past begins to fade. Right? How many of you remember your first breath? Did it happen though? The further away from it you got, the less and less you can remember. I'm told stories all the time about when I was a kid. I don't know if they're making it up anymore because I don't remember anything. My childhood must have been really awesome because there's just too many good memories. I can't remember them all, or I hit my head a lot. All possible. I don't know. But the, I know for a fact, the further away I get from my past, the less of it I remember. And that's okay. That's the, the nature of it. But we have, we have stuck our heads in the sand, turning towards the army that is seeking to destroy us. And that army is the past. That army is what was. We are meant to turn to see what is. What the Lord would create, what the Lord would build. He is building a new city. We had a conversation with a family that's brand new to this community. They're living in a house that was built by one of the foundational members of this community, Randy Winfrey, and they're living in his house that he built. There are pictures of him moving that house on that property, building all that stuff. They couldn't believe that he built all that. I was telling them last week, I was like, yeah, he, he, built, he built all those things. Like, I mean, they just couldn't fathom it. His shop, if you ever saw Randy's shop, it was the thing of dreams for all men. It is now an office. It makes me kind of sad. <laughs> but 
I know for a fact that if I was tasked with filling that shop with the cool toys that Randy had, I would go bankrupt in like 30 minutes because he had a lot of fun toys. But I look at that house and I cannot think of a better example as now we've got this young family with these two beautiful young children that now live in that house. They do not know that Randy was a mayor. They don't know that he went to high school at sundown. They don't know that he was a part of getting the golf course here. They don't know those things. They don't know. They never experienced him as a pastor at this church. But they live in a place where he once lived. But they are not Randy. Do you see what I'm saying? There's a new thing that is happening now. And we cannot, how can we even begin to think of this old sundown when so many of the people that remember this old sundown are not here? We're doing an impossible thing. We are reflecting on an impossible task to think of how we can get back to what we used to be because now it's just stories. There's very few memories left of it. It's just a story of it. But it's supposed to just be a story. It's not meant to be what we fixate our lives on and what we try to navigate what God is doing back to. He is not doing that anymore. That would be like us trying to return to 1938 when this church was founded. The Lord founded that church to build a foundation that we could be here doing a new thing, not that we could be here doing the same thing. Again, it's going back to deliverance. How many of you have, be- have walked through identity knowing and believing things about yourself that were not of God and you have received freedom from that? How many of you would wish that over your children? There's not a one of you. But that's what we do when we focus on what was instead of what is to come. We force our children to repeat the hurt and the turmoil and the trials that we experience when they are meant to be a new degree of glory. They are, our ceiling is meant to be their ground floor. We are not meant to start in the same place. That is not the nature of God. We are the sons and daughters to the God who reigns and we are not there, there is no design in us to be kept in the dark. That is not where we're meant to dwell. We're not meant to just live in this place where the world around us looks and says, what's going on? We just say, I don't know. That's not meant to be it. We're in the world. We're not of it. He will show us all he himself is doing. And we are meant to be those on a solid foundation. He can't set us on a hill if we're not shining. What good is a lighthouse that does not shine? He's setting on a hill, us on a hill that we can shine, but how can we shine if we don't know what we're supposed to be doing? How can we shine if we're always looking in the wrong direction? It's impossible. We are set on a hill, shining bright when the world goes dark. That's where we're meant to be. We're meant to be this solid foundation. We're meant to be this place that when the world is shaking, they see us not shaking. How do we do that? We turn around and we move forward. The Lord will show you all He Himself is doing. The Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. He has every desire for you to know within what we can fathom of what He is doing. He has every desire for that. But you will never see it. And you will grow frustrated and you will will increase in, in worry and in strife, 
and you will begin to just try to create it in yourself. You will just try to work for it on your own. I'm speaking from experience where you just, when you're looking at what was and you're trying to recreate it, you just within, you, within yourself start working and striving and there's turmoil and defeat and you get burnout and you can't do it anymore. Just can't do it anymore. I don't know how many pastors I've talked to that have taken over for a great pastor and they get burned out so quickly because they are not that guy. But the church wants that again. We cannot be those people. I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm not Randy. He's a little taller. Other than that, we're practically identical. But like we said last week, Randy taught us how to use the tools. And now is the time to pick them up and begin to build. That's what the Lord has for us in this season. But we will always be kept in the dark. We will always be wondering. We will always be trying to figure out what the Lord is doing if we have our lives facing the wrong direction. So this morning, I didn't know specifically how the Lord wanted to do this, but he did... Show me a pair of scissors cutting these, these thoughts of what used to be sundown. Just removing them from us completely like we were moving into a brand new city and the Lord was going to define it to us for the first time. And that's what the Lord wants to do this morning. And so I would encourage you as we uh, enter into that time of worship to just allow the Lord to do that. But again, remember, we are meant to be those that stand on a solid foundation and are not shaking. We are meant to be those that know exactly where we're going. We are not meant to be those that have not a clue. In the world, not of it. But we are sent here to lead the world into this ministry of reconciliation. We are given the task of reconciling the world back to God himself. How can we do that if we don't know what steps to take? But all he's asked us to do right now is move forward to make sure we're facing the right direction and begin to move forward. Stop facing what was and face what is to be so that the Lord can begin to show you what sundown is to be. That when a person leaves and everybody starts freaking out, because that's all that's happened all week. I mean, it, I, I hate to see some of these people go. It's the nature in, in public schools. People coach for a while and then they leave. But they're at, we're losing the Legans and that's going to be sad. I got to baptize their son in this church. I love those people. But everybody's acting like, well, the basketball doesn't exist anymore. Can't ever play again because we lost the Legans. Like, no, I, the, what? We're shaking to a point of ridiculousness. But the, thing, the issue is, is that there's no one here that in this community that sees clearly where we're going and is not shaking. We're starting to shake with them because we're facing the wrong direction. Turn around and move forward. So that when something changes in our community, we're okay, I didn't know that was going to happen, but I still know where we're going, and that point hasn't changed. When the storm comes and the waves are crashing, does the lighthouse begin to shift? Or does it say fixed and shining? We have been called to be that. The lighthouse is built on a solid foundation for a reason, that when the waves crash against it, it is not wavering, fixed and true. And that is meant to be this house. 
but it will not ever be this house if we're facing the wrong direction. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.